Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your teacher, Dr. Jim Cunningham, author of the book Men Alive. Normally, I am the teacher, but today our host, my longtime friend, Paul Estabrooks, was switching roles. Paul, what are you going to share? A crowd began to assemble on a grassy hillside beside the sparkling Sea of Galilee. Those who were acquainted greeted one another with a loud shalom and a two-cheek holy kiss. Some were asking others, Do you know why the Master has called us here today? The well-known fisherman among them, Simon Peter, was telling one group, This is where we, his chosen twelve, assemble to be selected and then later briefed on our first mission trip. Andrew was counting the crowd that now seemed to be complete. Seventy-two people. As he announced the number assembled, his colleague John spoke out to those standing around him. This is a very symbolic assembly. There are 72 names in the Septuagint's first list of clans or nations in the Pentateuch. Perhaps we are somehow representing here all the nations of the world. Simon the Zealot overheard the comment and was quick to point out that there were only 70 names listed in the early list of clans or nations in the Hebrew Torah. As a patriot, he never did trust that Greek translation of the Torah, the Septuagint, even though it had been used throughout the Jewish diaspora for more than 200 years and pointed many new readers to the one true God of Israel. John broke in. It really doesn't matter the actual number. It's indeed symbolic, whichever number or list you use. Look, the Master is signaling us to come closer and listen to his instructions. Matthias didn't know others in the crowd very well, so he stuck close to John. This was the first time he had responded to a specific call to action from Jesus of Nazareth, even though he had known and followed him from the day of his baptism. Jesus' call disrupted his daily routine, but it said there is an adventurer hidden somewhere in the heart of every man. Jesus signaled for them to sit down, and he began, You were each specially chosen for this very different mission. Here's the big picture. I'm sending you out in pairs to all the towns and places that I later plan to visit. That includes Jewish towns and Gentile towns. You are representing me, and anyone rejecting you is rejecting me and my Father who sent me. You will go directly there with no stopping along the road. When you arrive, you will heal the sick and tell all the people that the kingdom of God is now near you. Now here are my four-step specific instructions. Note them well, as they are important to remember. 1. You look like a sizable crowd of my workers, but the harvest is great, and the workers are few. So your first step is to pray. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Two. Go out at remembering that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Matthias shuddered. He had never suspected that working for Jesus of Nazareth could be dangerous. His family were shepherds, and he had seen plenty of wolves take lambs from the flock. Unless their shepherd was close by, the lambs, or even their parents, were defenseless and helpless before a strong, cunning, and deadly wolf. Their only protection was in staying close to their shepherd. This analogy Jesus was using sounded more like exposure rather than protection. 
Matthias thought, would he ever return to his wife and children? Yet he was impressed with Jesus' honesty. He trusted Jesus with his life, even though Jesus did not elaborate further on this lambs among wolves imagery. But Jesus was continuing. Number three, travel light. Don't take any money, food, extra clothes, or sandals. Number four, in each town, find a man of peace and stay with him, eating and drinking whatever is provided, and give him God's blessing. If you are ever unwelcomed, make a public and symbolic shaking off the dust from your sandals, abandoning them to their own fate. Matthias was so pleased when Jesus paired him with his chosen disciple John, and in spite of the lambs among wolves' warning, they had a safe, positive, and life-changing trip. Upon return, Matthias was so excited about the journey, he said to Jesus in front of the others, Master, we had a great trip. Even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. But don't rejoice in what you can do for God. Rejoice in what God has done for you. All the way back home, Matthias contemplated what Jesus had said. Even though Jesus had not accompanied them, he was there all the time in a spiritual sense, as the good shepherd, and was aware of the spiritual battle that was ensuing. Matthias sensed that a day was soon coming when Satan would be defeated and ultimately someday destroyed. In the meantime, he would make every effort to continue to live like a lamb among wolves. He never stopped praying daily that the Lord of the harvest would send out more workers into his harvest fields, and he continually rejoiced in what God had done for him through following his son, Jesus. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham and Paul Estabrooks. You can receive a free PDF by sending me, Dr. Jim, an email at menaliveundergod at gmail.com. That's menaliveundergod at gmail.com. The free PDF Dr. Jim has for you today is titled, Live the Jesus Way, and make sure you request it today. The story I just told you is a paraphrased expansion of Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 20. If you study the preceding context, you will see that in chapter 9 of Luke's gospel, Jesus sent out just the 12 disciples on a similar mission. Matthew's parallel account says they were sent out only to the Jewish people, the house of Israel. This second sending out of a larger group in Luke chapter 10 has one additional aspect mentioned that is not mentioned in Luke chapter 9. Jesus added that expression, I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Matthew's parallel account of the twelve disciples being sent out has similar imagery and adds, So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Then Jesus goes on in Matthew 10 to describe the coming persecution they could expect, but he also promises that the Holy Spirit will be there to provide whatever is needed for their ministry and success. A snake perceives sound by vibrations, always has its eyes open, and averts danger by concealment. But doves are known for their commitment to home and family, and do not pick fights with others. 
So how do we live like a lamb in a wolf's world? The first character description of Jesus, the Logos, is in the prologue of John's Gospel, when he shares that Jesus left heaven's glory and took on humanity, pitching his tent to live among us in order to reveal the Father to us. The scripture says, And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's John 1.14. Notice that both grace and truth give a balance to life. But grace is mentioned first. To show grace is to extend favor or kindness to one who doesn't deserve it and can never earn it. Receiving God's acceptance by grace always stands in sharp contrast to earning it on the basis of works. Every time the mention of grace appears, there is the idea of its being undeserved. In no way is the recipient getting what he or she deserves. Favor is being extended simply out of the goodness of the heart of the giver. Also, grace is absolutely and totally free. You will never be asked to pay it back. You couldn't even if you tried. Grace comes to us free and clear with no strings attached. It is the act of unmerited favor, most often to the down and out. Christ came down to us from the Father in heaven, and he reminds us, that the greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves. The ladder of power reaches up. The ladder of grace reaches down. Dr. Donald Barnhouse said it best, Love that goes upward is worship. Love that goes outward is affection. And love that stoops is grace. The world is truly enamored with those whose lives exhibit grace. Recently, a TV evening news commentator was talking about the loving exchange between two women rivals at the 2019 U.S. Tennis Open Championships. He said, It's one thing to lose with grace, but quite another thing to win with grace. Jesus never used that word itself. He just taught it and lived it. And as we have seen, it was written as a description of how he lived his life. In a world of darkness and demands, rules and regulations, requirements and expectations demanded by the hypocritical religious leaders, Jesus came and ministered in a new and different way. After commenting on his glory, John goes on to add, From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. John 1.16 John and the other disciples became marked men. His style became theirs. They absorbed his tolerance, acceptance, love, warmth, and compassion, so that it ultimately transformed their lives. They too, therefore, lived their lives demonstrating grace. Grace is a force stronger than vengeance, stronger than racism, stronger than hate. Why are we so often characterized by lack of grace, or what writer Philip Yancey calls ungrace, when we try to communicate truth to the pagans and wolves around us, and sometimes even to each other? This is the balanced Christian life that the pagans and wolves so desire to see. Satan has deceived us to believe we do not need grace, only truth. Our witness to a post-truth world would be so much stronger if the grace shone through while and when we are sharing what Francis Schaeffer prophetically often called the true truth. 
So whenever we are misunderstood, misquoted, misinterpreted, misjudged, misconstrued, or mistreated, we should remember Jesus' example. The clarion call of Scripture and history is for followers of Jesus to respond to the challenges of their culture with courage, and as Jesus himself exhibited, a life filled with grace and truth. To help you live like Jesus, we have a special booklet simply titled, Live the Jesus Way. It is free for the asking and will help you understand how to live a life filled with grace and truth. Request your digital copy of Live the Jesus Way. Dr. Jim will tell you how to get it today. It's a special PDF offer. There you have it, men. Request your copy at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Dr. Jim Cunningham along with Paul Estabrooks. Our goal is to be conformed into his image.